0: title for you this morning is, Placing Honor Where It Is Due. Placing Honor Where It Is Due. Let me begin by saying this. If you haven't noticed already, either by the reading that uh, that you've done on your own or simply by listening to the reading that we've done together as a church here today, Moses has shifted his focus. He's pivoting from heaven to earth from our relationship with God to our relationship with others. You can't observe this uh, necessarily unless you see it, the Ten Commandments, in total. When you look at the Ten Commandments in total, you see that the first four have a target and the second six have a different target. The first group of commandments are vertical. The second group of commandments are horizontal. The first group of commandments has to do with our relationship with God, while the second group of commandments has to do with our relationship with others. You get a good, full-orbed view of this perspective from Jesus himself. When asked what the greatest or most important commandment was, Jesus responded by saying, This, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And he continues and says, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says this, listen, church, on these two commandments depend all the law and prophets. You see, Jesus encapsulates all the law and prophets in two succinct principles, namely, love God and love others. And we can see that principle placed upon the Ten Commandments. The first four, no other gods, no idols, do not use the name of the Lord your God in vain and honor the Sabbath, are directing our relationship heavenward toward God. And then pivoting here in this commandment, the fifth, honor your father and mother, Moses turns and starts to address our relationship not with God but with others as it should reflect a relationship with God. Amen? So today, as we pivot from a vertical commandment to a horizontal commandment, we're met with verse, or the fifth commandment, excuse me, verse 16, which is honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you. So I've got three points for you today. They are these the importance of honor, the presence of honor, and the promise of honor. Once again, the importance of honor, the presence of honor, and the promise of honor. So if you're ready, say amen. Our first point this morning is this, the importance of honor. The importance of honor. If you would do me the privilege of looking back at verse 16, read with your eyes as I read aloud. God's word says in Deuteronomy 5, 16, honor your father and your mother. As the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Now let's start at the beginning this morning. Honor your father and your mother. Honor your father and your mother. Does it really need to be explained? Probably not, but we're going to do that anyway because that's what we do here. So let's pick this part a little bit and see what really is lying behind the plain words. Follow me, if you would, back to chapter 5, verse 16, and look at the word honor. What exactly is honor? And even if we can find a definition for it, can we find it today? Where do we go to find this thing that we refer to as honor? Well, in Deuteronomy, the Hebrew for honor is a word that means weight it means heaviness in fact in the stem or the form that the hebrew word presents to us here in deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 16 is not just weight or heaviness but the stem suggests that it means to give weight it means to give heaviness to someone In other words, when we honor our parents, we're acknowledging the sway that they hold over our lives. When we honor our parents, we are demonstrating the weight, the heaviness that is due to them in a tangible and a visible way. It's kind of a descriptive word for honor, isn't it? It isn't just some abstract word, some opaque word, this word that we use but have very little understanding of. If we look at the original intention and definition of the word, the phrase that Moses used here in Deuteronomy 5, what he's telling us is that when we respect our parents, we're showing them the weight and the heaviness that is due to them as parents. Now, for some, this might mean, yes, sir. Or yes, ma'am. It might, might mean not being rude. It might mean saying please or thank you or doing chores the first time that we're asked. And certainly in a sense or to a degree, it means all of these things. Amen? But get this. There are people who are raised to say yes sir and yes ma'am who have little respect for anybody and more importantly who neglect a vital and sincere relationship with God. So let's not sell ourselves a faith that is based on politeness and courtesy. We must tackle, hear me now, The heart of the issue, the heart of the issue. Let me say that again. True gospel parenting isn't about conditioning our kids. Wild animals can be conditioned. True gospel parenting is about addressing the hearts in our sons and daughters. Not just getting them to respond to stimuli like we would a dog or cattle. We are, as Christians, aiming at addressing the hearts that are in our children. So when Paul says, honor your father and your mother, the idea is that the heart is willing, the heart understands. There's something more than just conditionality that's happening here. If you'd like to, follow me to Romans chapter 1. In Romans chapter 1, verses 29 through 31, Paul says something that's going to enforce what I just said. In Romans chapter 1, verses 29 to 31, these are the words that the Apostle Paul writes after going down a litany of sins that he describes as prevalent in the world. Because of a lack of faith in God's gospel. Now, I wanna tie these two dots together. I want you to see how they connect, so so follow me here and don't, don't lose focus. In Romans chapter 1, verses 29 to 31, the Apostle Paul says this They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil. Get this disobedient to parents foolish faithless heartless and ruthless church there in this list of sins that Paul talks about that are a direct result of someone's rebellion against God and disbelief in the gospel of God are these three words disobedient to parents Follow me here. A quality of godliness is respect and honor for your parents. While similarly, a quality of godlessness is disrespect and dishonor of one's parents. So we can deduce that a lack of honor isn't simply the absence of one thing while everything else is okay. No, a lack of honor indicates the absence of a hundred things where everything is wrong because the root of the issue is faith in God, not just people who have been conditioned like Pavlov's dogs. And what else do we see today outside of the community of faith in Christ if not this very disease of disrespect and dishonor playing out in our very eyes? And what's worse, we hear religious leaders and politicians and social workers who have been trained in the diluted secular philosophies of the world mounting a defense for murder, rape, abortion, theft, violence, and so much more. They excuse it, they explain it away, they cover it with jargon. Why? Why should we be surprised? We've shamed men for biblical masculinity. We have shamed women for biblical femininity. The culture war builds our children up to be addicted and debilitated by social media Pornography, video games, unemployment, cohabitation, and childlessness. And we wonder why there's no respect in our culture and our society. We wonder why anxiety is off the chart. Depression is more common than anything else we've ever seen before. Peer-to-peer violence and disrespect are running rampant. If you follow social media, you've seen what has happened here, even in miles away at schools that are close to us on the school bus on the way home. High school kids beating to a pulp and elementary girls. What we see happening is unfathomable. It's unbelievable. But if you tell society, hey, honor your father and mother. I said, don't you tell me what to do, man. Everything's fine here. Paul ties respect for our parents to a faith in the gospel so that what we see In society is not structure outside of faith, but a temporary structure that inevitably will break down because of a lack of faith. What's the solution for society? Well, they just keep doing more, more, more. Let's just do it more. Let's continue teaching the kids what isn't successful. Let's do it more and more as if the poison is the antidote. C.S. Lewis wrote a book called The Abolition of Man. He said a number of thought-provoking things in that book, but I want to share one in particular with you. He says, quote, In a sort of ghastly simplicity, we remove the organ but demand the function. We make men without chests, but we expect from them virtue and enterprise. We laugh at honor and then we're shocked to find traitors in our midst. What have we done? What have we done? Young people, I want to speak to you for a minute. In the biblical paradigm, in the scheme Of God's law, honor is non negotiable. You give it to your parents and the elders whom God has placed over you as a matter of principle and as a matter of faith. Young people, this isn't, if this isn't you, it it needs to be you. And if this is, if it isn't you today, it needs to be you by 1230. Because as far as God is concerned, people who are young, who have authority placed over them by God, ought to be exercising respect and honor. They should be putting weight and heaviness where it is due. It's part of what it means to be a person of faith. You need to get through your contacts, Go through your phone habits. Go through your schedule. Start cutting out what disrespects your parents, what disrespects your God, what dishonors your parents, what dishonors God. Because God is watching. And when you think you're doing it in the darkness of your room or at school or at your friend's house, just because your parents aren't there doesn't mean your God isn't. God is always watching you. And in the absence of your parents, you can disrespect them gravely. Remember why you honor them. Remember why you respect them. Stop drifting, going in the dangerous direction of any cultural current that catches you. Some of you young people, you have no root whatsoever. You don't know what you believe, you don't know what you think, and you say you do, but I know that's not true because every time someone attracts you, you forget what you supposedly believe and you go in that direction. You've got to have root. You've got to have foundation. You've got to exercise what you say you believe. If you don't exercise what you say you believe, then the reality is you don't believe it. We do what God has called us to do, not so that we have a relationship with God, but because we already have a relationship with God, and we aim at pleasing him because we know he loves us. Thinking of the culture today, I'll tell you this. If you want to be a rebel, be righteous. Unrighteousness is so common today. If you want to be different, be righteous. You want to go against the cultural current? Be holy. Get some self-respect, young people, and give your parents honor. Give your parents respect. Get some conviction and give your parents honor and respect. Take responsibility for your life. Don't leave your mother responsible for your life. Don't leave your father responsible for your life. Listen to me, young people. Take responsibility for your life. And honor your parents. I'm not of that mentality that says you're a good kid as long as you're not robbing banks and killing people. That's not a sound philosophy. There are many losers who don't kill people or rob banks. It is not okay with me if your barometer for a good life is, I've never killed anybody or robbed a bank. That's a weak measurement of righteousness. As a young person, you should be aiming at excellence and accomplishment. If you can't do it now when you're young and you have the vitality, you aren't going to do it at 50 You'll be lost at 50. You'll be dependent upon the government and anybody else who is around you that is willing in their own stupidity to include, to continue to supplement your life. Live your own life. Do it with integrity. Do it with self-discipline. Make your mark on the world. Don't live through the mark that your parents have made on the world. Honor them by living a life that honors God. Honor them by taking the initiative that God has entrusted to you. But listen, this also is important. The presence of honor. It's our second point today, the presence of honor. And what I mean by this is this. Not that honor itself is present. It kind of sounds like that way by the point. I'm not saying that honor itself is present, but simply that there must be something present worthy of honor. Let me say that again. I'm not saying that honor needs to be present. What I'm saying is that there needs to be something present that is worthy of honor. Mom and dad, I need to talk to you for a minute. And you need to hear, and you need to listen. God commands children to honor their fathers and their mothers. But this command appears under an assumption, namely, that the parents are listening to the word of God, that they're obeying the word of God, that they're being faithful to the covenant of God, that God, their Savior, covenant-making God, is always their first love, so so that their children are happy and bent toward honoring them. If it has to be forced, if it has to be manipulated, if it has to be coerced, then it's not genuine. And when we see a disingenuous honor from parents to children, we must not only put that on the children. As parents, we have the responsibility that comes with respect. We must own this principle. Our children will either become what we make them or what we let them. Our children will either become what we make them or what we let them. Which do you want? If you are a Christian and your theology is sound, then you know that sin resides in the heart of every single person. When people are born, they are born in sin. They are born in Adam. And by the grace of God, they are called to his son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit does a work in them. But we live our lives and we rule our house that way, in the admonition and in the instruction of the Lord. That is our responsibility as Christians. So how can we expect from them what we ourselves do not demonstrate? Listen to what Paul says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, Paul says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. We cannot tell our children to do what we say or expect while we ourselves do not reflect those standards to which we call them. We have to be exemplary in our life and in our faith. Then we call them with love and grace to the same standard. But we do not tell our children to live a life that we ourselves do not exemplify. There has to be the presence of honor. I love what Ajit Fernandez says in this, in his commentary on Deuteronomy. He says, quote, parents need to act in a way that makes them worthy of honor there it is parents need to act in a way that makes them worthy of honor let me put this down simple and plain for you if we want to be honored we should be honorable if we want to be respected we should be respectable if we want our authority appreciated then we should manage our household with as much love as we do law. God's word is replete with commands to parents. Expectations of godly parents. And we are to demonstrate holy memory when we tell our kids what God has done. Holy teachings when when we give them the lessons Of who God is and holy practice when they love and lead, as parents, their children in the way that God commands them to. Are we leading our house, parents, in a way that demands honor and respect? Are we loving and leading our kids in such a way that respect is organic? Honor is organic. It happens naturally. Thirdly, I want to talk about the promise of honor, the importance of honor, the presence of honor, and thirdly, the promise of honor. Let's look at our last point of consideration here. And If you'll go back to verse 16 and read it with your eyes, it says... Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Please note the ending of this commandment, that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Listen, church, God blessed his people with the land. The land was part of the covenant blessing that God made, the agreement that God had with his people. We know that the land is closely knit to that covenant that God has with his people, and here their actions are to speak as loud as their words. If things are going to go well for the next generation, and the next generation, and the next generation... generation, then honoring their father and mother will go a long way to that goal. Interestingly enough, that's exactly what God is saying. If you want your country to be blessed through me, then raise your children in a way that commands honor from them, and it will be blessed. The apostle Paul picks up on this in the book of Ephesians. You want to turn there or make a notation of it. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 2 and 3 say this this is a direct quote from Paul of Moses Honor your father and mother. Paul says this is the first commandment with a promise. And then he says, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. You you see what Paul's done there. Paul's quoted the commandment, and then he says, like parenthetically, by the way, this is the first commandment that is given to us by God that comes with a promise. Everything else is, you shall have no other gods. You shall not make graven images. You shall not use my name in vain. You shall honor the Sabbath. Keep the Sabbath. Honor your father and mother, and the promise comes after this commandment that it may go well with you in the land. And Paul picks up on that, and he says, Honor your father and mother. This is the first command that comes with a promise, that it may go well with you in the land. Now, there are a variety of interpretations here, but obviously the promise originally came to the Hebrew people, and it was specifically in reference to their lives in the land, which was part of the covenant promise of God, which we've already noted But the Apostle Paul quotes that verse, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16, in the New Testament. And the fact that he quotes it in the New Testament is telling what it remarks to us is that this principle is still applicable for us today. This principle still applies to us today so that you see something here, namely that this promise follows the command. Young people, if you honor your parents... There's a promise here. And parents, if you raise your children in a way that leads them to honor you, there's a promise here. If you honor your father and your mother, there will be spiritual and practical rewards. Let me break this down for a minute. First of all, there will be spiritual rewards. If you raise your children... In the admonition and in the instruction of the Lord, there will be spiritual rewards. And what I mean by that is this. Honoring your parents opens up the door to the spiritual life that they themselves possess. Our kids should be raised up in an environment that is sanctified by the Spirit. That is blessed by Jesus Christ. Any child who is raised up in a Christian home should have a life that is remarkably better than any other kid in the society that we live in. There should be no question about it whatsoever. The spiritual rewards that our kids should be inheriting and returning back to us by way of honor should be inherent in the fact that we are in Christ and we love And lead that way. We should be funneling our kids all the time toward the grace of God and toward the goodness of God. This is what it looks like to live under the loving authority of someone who's in Christ. We learn what God is like from our parents. We learn what good authority is like from our parents. God has established a framework of hierarchy. And the reason that so much in our society is being torn apart today is because something like 70% of people grow up in broken homes. And depending on what demographic in society you look at, the statistics vary. But the reality of the matter is it's staggering. So kids grow up in a home that has demonstrated zero authority whatsoever. And in single-parent homes, and of course this is not a knock on single parents. Single parents, God bless you. But single parents often have to make up for the parent that isn't there. So instead of working 40 hours, they're working 60 hours. So they're at work more, the kids are doing more school, more extracurricular, or coming home and getting on the internet, which is like the fifth level of, of Dante's Inferno. The reality of the matter is our kids are... They're constantly fighting against an onslaught of evil. And how can we lead them in such a way so that they understand the spiritual rewards of honoring us far outweigh any other thing. There's spiritual rewards, but secondly, there's also practical rewards. Honoring your parents and parents leading in such a way that demands honor, it's the doorway to practical rewards too. There are so many lessons that we can learn from our parents if we would simply be humble enough to honor them. There are so many opportunities, parents, that you have to pass down lessons to your children if you would lead in an honorable way. The reality of the matter is if you don't spend time with your kids, you're not going to teach them anything. You have to make time for your kids. We're all busy, and we all want to finish that movie or that episode or that book. We all want to go to this event or that event or whatever the case is, but at the end of the day, 10 years later, 20 years later, that's going to mean nothing. And the direction of your children and their lives is... We have people today who are in their 20s, their 30s, and their 40s who are dealing with irreparable consequences because they didn't honor their parents. We have people in their 20s and their 30s and their 40s today who are dealing with irreparable consequences because their parents weren't honorable. It's easy for us as parents to throw around this command... Honor your father and mother, just as stupidly as we do, hey, the Bible says wives submit to your husbands. But that's not all it says. What it says is that wives should submit to their husbands while Christ is leading the church. The husband ought to be leading his family like Christ loves the church. And listen, the church never rebels against the love of Christ. Because that's how faithful and beautifully Christ loves the church. That's how a husband should be loving his wife. A husband should be loving his wife in such a magnificent way that she never imagines being anything but a faithful wife to her husband. And so it should be with parenting. If our our children are rebelling against us, before we put weight on them, we need to survey ourselves and find out if we're leading in such a way that makes their honor questionable. Now, if we're good parents, if we're faithful parents, and our kids don't honor us, that's another situation. There are situations like that. There are people, even in the midst of our church, who were great parents, and their children are prodigal. They've rebelled against them. They've rebelled against their love. They've rebelled against their law. Sometimes that happens. Jesus even gives us the story of the prodigal son to tell us that God will receive us back, and so should our parents receive their children back after a prodigal season. If God is faithful to receive our repentance and forgive us, then we need to be that way too. Truth be told, For many young people, the spiritual and practical incentives, the promises that are offered to us by way of honoring our parents are ignored instead for immediate gratification. Everything today is like this. And instead of teaching our kids the rewards of hard work, the benefits of patience, the idea of progress, that we don't go from A to Z, that we go from A to B. Amen? Step by step, stage by stage, is foreign today. So, regardless of where you may find yourself today, young people, for a second, I want to speak to you about this. What if my parents don't know Jesus? Let's start here because this is an important question. If your parents don't know Jesus, then you are to do for your parents what you should do for anyone that doesn't know Jesus. Pray for them. Live a life of example for them. When the Lord opens a door of opportunity, speak to them. You don't know how many parents are in Christ today because God got to them through their kids. A lot. My sister's one of them. The reality of the matter is this. If you live your life under the authority of God in a faithful way, in an exemplary way, you have no idea what power and influence you have over your parents. Be faithful and pray for your parents. But also, secondly, I want you to say this. When it says honor your parents, it doesn't come with a qualification or a condition. You can't scoot out of this one because your parents aren't perfect. If your parents aren't perfect, you can say, well, the Bible says honor your father and mother, but I disagree wholeheartedly with the influence of my parents on this matter. That's not, that's not, your, that's not your decision. Until your parents go against God's word, your responsibility is to honor your parents. You say, well, I, I completely dis- dis- re- disagree with, with what my parents are trying to do here or the decisions that make. Well, when you're 18, you can go get a 560-square-foot apartment and go get a job at Target, and you can handle your business. you got to do what you got to do if you're in a situation that's unhealthy. And you should want to make your own way. But the reality of the matter is, Unless your parents are leading you in a way that is satanic, that is anti-God, your Father in heaven expects you to respect your Father on earth. You need to learn what it means to submit respectfully to the authority that's over you so that as you grow in life, you not only know how to respect the authority that's over you in your workplace and in society, but so that if it's God's will that he ever gives you authority, you know how to be in authority respectfully and with honor in a way that demands it, in a way that leads with love and respect. To close, let me say this. We are to place honor where it is due. Honor is due to our parents And this is the very first and perhaps most important place on earth where we learn the structure and design of authority and accountability. But we fail as parents, mom and dad, we fail as parents when we don't lead in a way that demonstrates the love and law of Christ. And young people, you fail as children when you don't demonstrate respect and honor for the law and love of Christ. Before I close, I want to say this. Next week, we're going to continue this. And the title of my message next week is going to be Gospel Parenting. How do I raise my kids in such a way that I ensure and guarantee honor, in a way that I ensure and guarantee their success, not only in the world, but more importantly, in the Lord. The reality of the matter is, is we have a lot of families, both in our church and outside our church, who have children that are living lives that are contrary to what their parents hoped. And this isn't to say it's their fault. This is to say that there are seasons And we're responsible for what God entrusts to us. And at some point, our children, on their own, have to come to the conviction that Jesus is the Savior of the world and therefore their Savior. And they cannot have faith in God through us. And we can't save them.